0: Hey everybody. Welcome to the 39th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just want to remind everybody, please subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, leave us some love, leave us five stars, leave us a review. If you have any questions or comments, you can send us an email to mathcoindex at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Patreon set up right now, so if you want to gain exclusive benefits, uh, you can go ahead and sign up for that. And uh, we we'll have to thank our Patreon supporters right now, actually. So thanks so much to Andrew, Andre, Andy, Anthony, Austin, Caleb, Carter, Aldolfo, Chris, Eric, Daniel, David, Dylan, Eli, Eric, Grady, Andre, Jacob, Jamie, Jasper, Jeff, Jeremiah, Jesse, Jesse, Kent, Kevin, Chris, Matt, Mike, Ollie, Otis, Phil, Rory, Cinza, Tim, and Iconi. Really appreciate your support. Alright, so the first band we're going to talk about is Strange Changes. Strange Changes are a mathcore band from Austin, Massachusetts. Uh, they started back in 2008, releasing their first EP in 2010, a full length in 2012, uh, a live album earlier this year, and a single, accompanied with a music video a month or two ago, which we premiered to be our YouTube channel. And it's funny because you know as much as I want to call them a mathcore band, they kind of operate more like a jazz ensemble, huh?
1: Ooh, yes, uh, very on that uh, Mr. Bungle kind of side for sure.
0: Truly, uh, but just more emphasis on the fact that there is like 10 plus members involved with a ton of horns like, a lot of emphasis on that brass section.
1: The live videos must be great.
0: They've actually got some really great live videos up right now of them doing, um, like, entire cover sets, and uh, on that note, they've got some really great Dillinger Escape Plan covers up. Did you see those?
1: No, I will n- I'm going to, though. That's the shit.
0: Yeah, they do one for Panasonic Youth and, uh, Prancer, I believe. Amazing. Yeah, they're, like, super well executed, so they've got like, clearly all the members have a classical or jazz sort of background, but Um, there is actual, like, traditional rock percussion and electric guitar, as well as screamed and, uh, sung vocals in their actual, like, studio material when they're not doing covers. They actually are recording original music. Um, and yeah, they're probably best known for those Dillinger covers, actually. That's how I found out about them, and they're, like, superbly arranged and very well executed. Oh, and you're
1: really familiar with these people, then.
0: Yeah, they've um, they've actually been on Math Index sponsored shows in New York a couple times, if I'm not mistaken, with, like, Juan Bond. I'm pretty sure they did that Halloween show with Juan Bond. Oh, that'd be a good little team up there. Hell yeah. Mm, yep. All the Brooklyn cats coming together there. Um... And I, re- I really like the idea of like math course songs, especially Dillinger songs, becoming like standards in <laughs> our even curriculum <laughs> classics. <laughs> I mean, they kind of they kind of are just so wildly complex. The compositions are fucking really complex. So why not study something that's so masterful like that? I think Berkeley College of Music actually offers a course on um, Dillinger. They have they got a Dillinger ensemble. That's what it is.
1: They had that talk with Kurt uh, with about Jane Doe and everything. That's but- right.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a, an album worth talking about too. Yeah, uh, I, I highly agree. Um, So now Strange Changes are back uh, with this new single, and unlike the more laid-back efforts that uh, more heavily integrate the sounds of jazz and funk, this one kind of leans away from that and uh, the more melodic elements. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like, with the exception of the last track of the Evil Genius EP, which is, like, more of an indie jazz and kind of, like, funk thing, uh, so is the full-length in 2012, they're, uh, they're essentially not fucking around with this new material. This new single is just, like, massive. Uh, there, there's so many good elements to this song and what makes it so unique I think is the use of horns in the math chord t- context which is something that we very like rarely hear right oh yeah absolutely I mean this was pretty unique man I'm pretty excited about like hearing more of this same um you know we, we always champion bands that are trying new things with their experiment you know experimenting with their their instrumentation rather like Juan bond and Carlos integrating strings uh, and I think Snooze has a few like MIDI horn sections but this is like full on blaring and overblown horns here and in no way is it like an afterthought or low in the mix it's very much like in your face it and is the very band. refreshing truly yeah it's it's really interesting um, yeah I'm re- this is really exciting stuff and uh, uh, the video itself is really excellent uh, great kind of like proletariat like imagery uh, featuring a literal cast of pigeons and rats locked in some like social or political struggle of some kind
1: <laughs> amazing
0: yeah, it's a great video, so we'll link that for you in the bio, and basically, as, as Levi was saying, yes, this is very Bungle-esque. Uh, if you like Bungle, Dillinger, or if you like the zaniness of shit like Frank Zappa, I think that this will be right up your alley. Mm-hmm. So we're going to listen to Pigeons and Rats, which is their new single which we premiered on November 6th, and uh, we'll link that video in the description for you. Here we go.
2: One, two, one, two, fuck you! <laughs>
3: And yet they are called developmentalists, and this is why I am, I, 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 I am not understanding how it's to be explained why we cannot have this sort of conceptualization of fact
1: It's still a fucking prevalent thing going on. Like,
0: Well, it's even more prevalent now. And, and relevant now, yeah, because of uh, the, the similarities between the current impeachment process and what happened during Watergate
1: i wish he well he he is just as dumb as recording himself so never mind they're both pretty much the same like level of stupidity there
0: i mean going on national television is yeah equally as bad yep so anyway um so that was (laughs) pigeons and rats the new single from uh, strange changes which we premiered back in november good video really fucking good video yeah great great costumes and just imagery so next we're gonna talk about 30 seconds go yet another single Yes, uh, 30 Seconds Go are a uh, four-piece MySpace-era mathcore band from Mm. Maine, meaning that they've been around since 2010. um, And uh, they released just a three-song demo uh, before falling off the earth until now.
1: Yeah, there was a big gap in time there.
0: Mm -hmm. They haven't been the most prolific, but um, fortunately this new single fucking bangs. Uh, They just announced a new single on their are uh, a new release that's coming out through Writing Tiger Records next year, which is run by Cody from Secretary holler, who's also putting out the new the sound that ends uh, creation, which is a, a really good album um so now uh thirty seconds go, we're back with a new single, and even though there's not a lot of uh not a lot to talk about here since it's just the single it it is really good and it definitely needs to be discussed. This is like an exemplary band from that era, you know yeah
1: I love the uh, it, so the the heaviness uh, basically doesn't stop it's like almost like a five minute track and it just that last like finishing breakdown just will not stop it just keeps going and going yes. and, the, and the track keeps falling apart yes. it's just it's wonderful like yeah I
0: like that it's very well executed yeah it's it's very breakdown heavy like that the breakdown like 35 seconds in just gives me that head bob and piss face really bad very reminiscent to that era.
1: You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I really uh, I don't have much to say about uh, this uh, just for the fact that it is a single and such a large gap. Don't have much to compare, but um excited to see what happens. And it's supposed to come out early 2020. The mm-hmm. EP is so
0: more sassy breakdown, heavy, hardcore with samples, please. Sue
1: Space Cowboy seems not to be doing that as much anymore. So let's uh, have some other bands step up with some sassy breakdowns yeah, and everything.
0: And, uh, yeah, on that note, they definitely sound a lot like CU Space Cowboy or Heavy Heavy Lolo, who inspired uh, both of them. And Steak Sauce Mustache on that note, too. It kind of. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of similarities between them. So, we're going to listen to their only available single, Did You Remember Your Reusable Shopping Bags? And that's, it uh, just came out on October 31st. Here we go.
3: <laughs> I went back to the shark's Heated back inside this figure Dressed with
0: so that was Did You Remember Your Usable Shopping Bags? the new single from 30 Seconds Go, which just came out on October 31st. So next we're going to talk about Liturgy. Liturgy are a four-piece experimental black metal band from Brooklyn, New York. Though their style is incredibly expansive and sort of transcends uh, genre in quite a few ways, including elements of prog and electronic, um, it's just as well as rich instrumentation Including like woodwinds, uh, you know, Japanese flutes, bell type instruments, vibraphone, glockenspiel, harp, keys, uh, even like kind of a, a chorus. It's fucking
1: wild. Um, <laughs> the, uh, this is uh, a ref- this is something completely different than the rest of the bands on
0: this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. I would like to say. Y- yeah, normally we wouldn't. I mean, but and now it, for something completely different. <laughs> as Monty Python once said. Yes. Um, yeah, this is sort of. Out of our wheelhouse, but in a way, kind of is. Uh, they, they really do integrate uh, quite a few different elements, including uh, very occasionally some what I would consider to be math core elements. Um, but I, I think primarily, even though purists may sneer, it's a black metal band. It, it, it's, it's hard. Um, but the band started back in 2004 as a solo project, expanding to a four-piece in 2008, releasing a uh, debut EP that same year, a full-length in 2009, a split and a full-length in 2011, which was very acclaimed. Um, a single and another full length in 2015, and now they're back with their fourth studio effort, Hack. That's an acronym H A Q Q, which is, um, stands for the Helagian, Helagian above quality in quantity. Hmm. and quantity. Uh, and Helagian is a function within the <laughs> within Hunt Hendrix's belief system, which he previously explored through a uh, a record that he released as an electronic artist. Boom! So um, Christian Duna's homework. Yeah, this is sort of a perfect amalgamation of all this guy's been doing up until now, um, including his electronic solo efforts, uh, and it's all been put together with his black metal stuff. And this is honestly one of the most incredible efforts I've heard all year. Uh, It's a daring and expansive listen. And the first time I heard this album, I was absolutely floored. I I mean, I've I've heard of these guys in the past, and they've always been wildly experimental, but this just sees them taking that experimentation to new and like perfected heights.
1: It is not my cup of tea.
0: You don't like it, nah? I kind of figured that you wouldn't, but man, it's it's really interesting. You, yeah, this may turn some people off because it's very very out there. They, as I mentioned earlier, they use a lot of unorthodox instrumentation, but I, I think that's precisely why this needs to be discussed because we really champion, you know, bands and artists that are trying new things. And fuck me if this is not trying something very different and new. Touche. I'll give you that. I mean, they, they the integration of glitch, quote unquote, electronic elements really helps just drive home how unusual this shit is. Uh, it really is, is hard to describe um, and, and pigeonhole, quite frankly. It's, it's very transcendental music, uh, but again, as that's hard, you could probably consider it black metal. Um, the vocals are howled and high-pitched screams. Uh, drums are fast. The guitars are epic and soaring and often tremolo-picked. Um, but again, there's such a broad range of styles being employed here
1: i would like a little more i guess i look for a little more refined especially if i'm going instrumental i kind of like to know where it's going and i i guess my intention span is just not for the atmospheric instrumental black metal side it's just um i've just never really grasped it and really that's why i haven't i don't really i don't have much to say because it all it all would just kind of become coming out rude it's just this is just not my cup of tea to be honest with you i just i get lost in it
0: Well, again, it's not an easy listen. This is not just something that you can just sit down and, and, you know, throw on, throw some liturgy on in the background and go about your business. What I
1: do find amazing is that it was one person and then you are able to continuously uh, produce music and then you get other members and actually play this live. You know, you have, it's, it's amazing that it's just like building and forever like adding on, you know, that's pretty, pretty sweet. Pretty, pretty awesome that a guy can do that.
0: Yeah, well, apparently people are, you know, eager to work with him because he's putting out really interesting stuff and um where is he out of where are are they out of huh brooklyn brooklyn wow okay uh, you know, if you like bands like Kralis and Death Heaven, um, I think this might be for you. Nailed but it. You just need to be prepared for something that is is really out there.
1: We have a Death Heaven cha- uh, chat every
0: once in a while, and yeah. it's always like you know. I love Sunbather. Like yeah. fuck Black Metal Purist. That's a great fucking album. I
1: like the Road to Judah EP, and that's pretty much all I really have listened to. Everything else is it's just it's a little too much. The Not my first, cup of
0: tea. The first four songs on. Sunbather Sun just really take me away. They're so emotional and they have so much depth and they're just like triumphant when they really hit those big crescendos. You were so into that record when it came out. I still am into that record. I stand by that. I think it's a really, I think it's an important uh, important work. Um, but I'd like to talk about some of the tracks on this record that I like a lot. Um, and I think Hajj, the first track, right away just sort of lets you know this album is going to contain those electronic and glitch elements as it's often described. And I think this is probably the best song this band has ever written. I've spent some time with the rest of their discography, and damn,
1: Christian doing his fucking homework. Holy yeah, man, Shit.
0: it's just like they—they they just fucking barrel you over with dissonance and black metal and Japanese flutes, which altogether it sounds like it wouldn't fit, but it just—it works. It's so effective, and it really helps build that sense of tension and like emotional turmoil. And then at about three and a half minutes into the song, this chorus starts kind of gently fading in. Um, and it just all starts pulsing in unison in the most hypnotic fashion. It's by far one of the most engrossing moments on the album, in fact, and the textures are just so rich and the instrumentation is so dense, uh, it's just broken up very sparingly with those glitch elements. And then it breaks out into like a full blown math core, like staccato breakdown towards the end uh, the end of the track actually. <laughs> so I'm not even convinced that you listened to an entire song because you would have noticed oh, that Oh shot. Up. Do you want? I, I
1: listened to it, and do you want? I, like
0: I said, I got lost. Okay, clearly, because you would have. I think you would have picked up on one of the album's better moments in the first song. How dare you call me out like this? <laughs> You're busted, buddy. Scene cred lost. Yeah. Um. I won't get too deep into the track by track analysis. There's a few interludes. Um. But my other favorite highlight was virginity, which is uh, track three. Um. It includes harp, which is I think really effectively used, and just more of this like wordless uh the syllabus uh the wordless choir that is you know they're not like they're not speaking words it's just syllables wordless syllables uh like like Ligeti uh for, you know from Atmosphere Zoo Lux Eterna famously used in this court to 2001 A Space Odyssey um so I I really like the dread that that kind of sets up um just good glockenspiel I'm just looking, looking at my notes here um bells as another interlude which i thought was also really good i never liked an interlude so much as a matter of fact as i did track five which uh just those bells man they're there's it it just keeps pointing back to the religious imagery and subtext that is routinely employed by this band
1: you love yourself some glockenspiel
0: i tell you what (laughs) every time every time time. he won't (laughs) stop talking about the (laughs) glock um Anyway, yeah, I thought God of Love was another really good track too. Uh, track six—it's probably the second most ambitious track on this album. Lovely string section, straight out of a film score, like characters traversing some epic landscape. Um, and what else? I mean, that's pretty much about it. I wouldn't I'd be repeating myself if I said much more. But really great album. Um, and uh, yeah, I can just—we we champion musical eclecticism. I think this sort of uh, personifies that really. Didn't listen to the whole album. If we were if we weren't sitting down, everybody, I'd kick him in the dick right now. Fucking son of a bitch! You lost so much, cried Levi. Whatever. All right, so we're gonna listen to Haj, which is track one from Haj, which is uh, Liturgy's new album that came out on November twelfth. Here we go. So that was Hajj by Liturgy. And that's off their new album, Hach, which came out on November 12th. And Levi slowly, but surely coming around there (laughs) during the process of that track. I had to think about that fucking track for a second, dude. (laughs) It's good. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's certifiably good material. It's really interesting.
1: I will go back and listen to this because I mean, I, I'd listened to it, but I obviously did not give it enough time. And I don't know because that really kind of grabbed, I mean, when they have the breakdown through there a little bit, and it, it's just, and then
0: they they tied that together with the, all of that. That weirdness. singing,
1: that singing is at this pitch where it's like uh, the, the
0: Syllabless, uh, the wordless uh, wordless syllables of the choir. Yeah, the chorus rather. It's it's very. That's why I, sp- I spoke about two thousand one, a space odyssey. I feel like they're using it in a very similar like uh, musical device. You
1: know, I, th- I really have to go back and like just put this one in the background a few times, you know, and like let it hit me a little bit more. I will, I will let this digest more. I listened I, to this album three times yesterday.
0: That's why I didn't want to say much about this, man. I said it wasn't my cup of tea, but, I mean, how that's many okay. albums How many albums do we have out
1: there? We're not, a, we're not a
0: black metal podcast, so I, you know, I didn't expect you to really jump on this immediately. But there's,
1: like, this, like, interesting screamo element that is going on there, and I know black metal just... To tie that is, back to Death
0: Heaven. You yeah,
1: know. yeah. As a matter of
0: fact, any time I've ever mentioned Liturgy or mentioned Death Heaven online, like, ten people have been like, check out Liturgy. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, way back in the day, on message boards, even, every time I would bring up Deaf Heaven, every time Deaf Heaven was brought up, so there'd be somebody who'd pop in the comments and post liturgy. Fuck. I think they're both just kind of universally reviled by black metal purists, and that's why we keep circling, people keep circling back to both of them. Okay.
1: Well, I am I I will just stand on I'm going back to this, for sure.
0: Yeah, give it another shot, man. Yeah. It's good shit. So we'll go ahead and move on now. The next band we're going to talk about is the Holloway Tape. The Holloway Tape are a noise core, you could call them lo-fi, math core trio from Northport, Florida. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> I would like not to. <laughs> I mean, they just sort of embrace those really like rough production aesthetics that is very akin to like a noise artist. But, Absolutely. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so from their Facebook, it looks like they started back in 2012. But I can't find any music they put out until last year when they released a split with Adam, A-T-O-M which was a super noise-heavy um, track, um, or super noise-heavy uh, split, rather. And In fact, this band leans so much into the noise elements, I want to say that that's probably their forte originally, like they were maybe originally noise artists, but um, anyway, they released a, a full-length album last year, full-length back in February, and now they're back with a new single and accompanying music video.
1: I, the, the, just how it's recorded, everything about it, the production, um, it just sounds like you're shoving everybody through one fucking tube. I can't do it, man. It's that, just, it just doesn't grab me. That's it's, what I was trying to
0: tell you. You really need to go into this with the expectation that they are a very DIY-oriented project. This is not going to be like sparkling, clear, metalcore production.
1: Here's my thing, though. Recording is so easy these days. To It's so easy to, to make yourself sound good or make yourself sound like not even your fucking self and polish yourself way too much. Um, I where I feel like this this DIY um punk rock kind of like I guess lo-fi thing just you know kind of like sounds like a shitty recording it almost feel I feel like people make themselves sound like this now where I just don't support it I mean I like I like the sound of like the first like cassette of a band back in the day with that sound and everything like that. But I don't need to go back to hearing just raw pushed through one fucking stereo sound. Well, I don't know. You never
0: know. know if they have some other, you know, maybe perhaps financial constraints or it's. it's if you guys were recording on a four
1: track, like, let me, let us know. You I would know? say like, it's
0: probably more, more or less an aesthetic choice though.
1: Um, that's what I, and
0: I, I don't support this aesthetic choice as much as, I just, well, that being said, you know, I'll concede that I have a, a, you know, I have a harder time enjoying their older material because of this, you know, it's like, it's the lack of clarity between instruments. It just feels like I'm
1: always listening to your fucking demo, I guess. Like that's what the sound brings me to now in like, I'm 33, like just listening to a lot of like polished, polished stuff. And then you go back to something like this and it's like, I get it, but it's like, now it's almost like you're trying. It's like you're going and cutting the holes in your jeans and stuff like that. Like you're going through this extra step, where <laughs> that's it's that's kind like, of a
0: weird parallel to to uh, to bring about, but I don't, I don't or to draw rather. Let me do my thing, God damn it! But I'm just, I just don't really, I don't know, man. It, it's weird, and I well, you're just Mr. Contrary in this episode, aren't you? I,
1: I, <laughs> I have my pants hiked up extra high. <laughs> I'm very. Angry, don't like it. <laughs> I would like you to get off my grass as well.
0: <laughs> uh, but no, man, I, I'm not. I just. So you yeah. have a beef with the production, okay? Beef with
1: production, it. that's it. And I mean, it just yeah. As I, as
0: I you know, as I mentioned, they are a noise core artist. They are really embracing noise. So if you don't like noise music or you know really fuzzy production, tinny kind of sounding, you're, you're, this may you may struggle with this. But underneath the fuzziness is some really fun and at times even dancey tunes. Um, describing this band sounds a little difficult for me because, as I mentioned, they really do lean into the whole noise thing. But um, the guitars are really—they're sick, man. They're like completely awash in effects to make them sound anything but. You know, um, in a very similar way that kind of like Daughters does now on their new material. Um, yeah, there's some there's some good stuff. You know, I, I I think this new material actually has better production even on that. Now this new single has a much much better clearer production there's actually clarity between the instruments the vocals the guitars and the drums they're no longer just one single wall of fuzz you know that was that was actually my, my main note about this new single um and there's a really great music video that comes along with this music video is good okay i'm glad that you saw that because that's what sold me on this band you know as a matter of fact before this i was really hesitant to cover this project just because of the production alone but this new single really fucking sold me on them
1: wasn't this one that just kind of popped up on the math Core index community page
0: yeah, the vocalist came along and posted it and it just like it, it sold me. Um, it's great, you know, it's like fucking lo fi psyopus is how I would how I would describe it.
1: See I like
0: the words that came out of your mouth. There, watch. We're gonna listen to this single, and you're gonna fucking put your god. I'm not gonna change my
1: mind again. God damn it! No, i I stand we'll by. We'll get
0: back to you in a second. So we're gonna listen to. <laughs> yeah,
3: don't put me on hold. Oh, I
0: can't wait to be right. <laughs> oh, we're gonna fucker. listen to their new single, uh, Klaatu Barata Necktie," which is a clever Army of Darkness reference. Or the day the Earth stood still. Actually, I think even before that reference. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
0: that came out on. Uh, October 14th, The Holloway Tape.
4: Here we go. I want to as soon as I'm alive, now's
0: good i love that video too
1: i know we have like album of the years and everything but that might be my music video of the year it's fucking great yeah so i want to ex- again that's what sold me on the band so i want to explain earlier i i, I, I okay so i, I explain can for articulate us. this a little bit better so uh christian and i we basically get this list and then we do jam these bands separately it is almost like taboo and we stop ourselves from talking Talking about about these bands before like if we meet meet up like halfway through the month and like have a beer i'll be like what do you i don't know know." and then we'll be like "Ah, we shouldn't even be talking right now What what are we doing like that kind of thing so so i listen to most of these bands like i uh I just, I basically run a pot gummy company. So I'm like always like running around the city and shit. And so, but most of the time when I'm jamming, it's just in my headphones, like on train, on, you're under arrest by the way. Huh? Ah, God damn it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've been recorded this whole time. (laughs) You have (laughs) literally (sighs) anyway. So So now that you're done confessing to a crime, continue. We got that Google fucking thing.
1: You've been talking to this whole goddamn morning too. I've been recording us. Uh, but, uh, not hearing so anything interesting. when I'm talking about when I saw the Holloway tape, I was talking about the, the raw sound and everything. Uh, Christian and I just listened to, or listened to and watched uh, the music video in the comfort of his home here with proper speakers and everything. It does sound less raw than their other stuff, but it's still, when I was listening to this as just a track, um, in my headphones, it was still a little too raw for me, a little too shoved through one fucking like, you know, tube, uh, I did appreciate the sound a little bit more coming through his speakers and watching the video and everything. I just want to say that. But once again, um it just I I was I just wanna go back and it's not as raw as I was so basically, like, describing it. The moral of the story
0: is if you're gonna check out this band, we highly encourage you to watch the music video as well.
1: It turned me it tur- it it really brings this lighter humor to the band where I'm like, ah, okay.
0: Ah, I th- I think the visual aid with this band is was probably essential actually to get some to gain that necessary attention because it really is it's fun. It reminds me of Psyopus, Locust Daughters. Oh, it's very
1: Psyopus. You really did nail the I mean when you, like you said when you say lo-fi stuff but I don't even I, I hate lo- it's you know whatever it's it, but it's it's good man it's good um Hopefully they don't resent that that tag but you know it's just I can tell from the music video I don't think they're really going to
0: resent much of what we say <laughs> they'll just
1: take it for what it is you guys seem like pretty nice and understanding people
0: Yeah they they seem like they've got a great sense of humor yep. again with that video so and by the I'll way I like that for you in the description as well
1: Solid crew of friends how many friends just to fucking like, yo, meet up. We got to put these masks on. We got to fucking wild <laughs> out for about two hours. It's like sick. Let's go.
0: A very hilarious uh, hip-hop parody. All right. So, uh, again, that was Klaatu Barata Necktie by The Holloway Tape. And that's their new single. that just came out on October 14th. Hopefully, we get a full length. And, again, um, just if you go into this, just remember that their full lengths are the ones that sort of, like, lack the, the defined production. Their very first single off the split and this new single... However, do have uh, a little more clarity, mm-hmm. so that's what I would investigate first if I were you, and then maybe dive into those full lengths. Okay, so next we're going to give you your release radar for the month of November. <laughs> so first, the uh, IKEA Mutilation Manual came out with a new full length schizophrenia S- uh, schematic sort of appropriate there really sticking with that theme uh, Ha! by Liturgy which we just talked about earlier in this episode music designed to give you ideas in case you should run out of ideas by the sounds that, the sound that ends creation just coming out on a uh, writing tiger records we covered that last episode we certainly did fucking great album too mm-hmm. um, bitten by the kingdom bitten by the serpent of the kingdom of the spirit by Septa You need some prog they used to be kind of more math core um, their other project the Nietzsche is definitely math core but they've come out with a new album I uh, am more of like the prog post-hardcore vein. Sympathy Porn by Look What I Did.
4: <laughs>
0: that fucking title. Um, a Brief Memoriam by Frail Body. Some great, really fucking good Chaotic Screamo. Out Woo! Have yeah. you listened to that one yet? Yes. Fuck, man, it's good. Out, out, by, uh, out via Deathwish, Inc., no less. So you've got the stamp of approval.
1: That cover is haunting.
0: Yeah, it really sticks out in my mind for sure. And they've got a... Yeah, that's a great great album um what else uh, growth and healing through bringing others down by shake the baby till the love comes out <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: oh man i i don't i don't think anything's right there but uh,
0: that's okay <laughs> a fucking, yeah that's a that is a mouthful but uh they, they they've been around for quite some time and they just put out a new full length so that's out we'll probably end up talking about them next episode uh rebirth by lurch lurch's uh first dp in quite some time if i'm not mistaken the uh, the Sculliest Pace of the Cyclist... Let's <laughs> try this one again. The Sculliest Pace of the Cyclist Trace by Doom Shrugs, which is a one-person project from New Zealand, very noise rock-oriented. I think we actually talked about them on the podcast, and we premiered something for them some time ago. Uh, beneath the Massacre. at least their first single in eight years. <laughs> and fuck, is that really, really good, too. Like It is Beneath the Massacre. <laughs> I guess that's probably more concise, yes. Yep. Um, Miko put out a new single, Alma Falsa, for which we premiered a new music video. A lot of good music videos this month. Oh, my God. That especially was probably my favorite we premiered in a while, and we'll be talking about them next episode, assuredly. Uh, Methwich will probably also be talking about next episode, put out a new single. I think it's the first time we were talking about them on the podcast, and it's about time. Great one-man project out of New Mexico. Uh, Worry put out a new single, and yet another single as of yesterday for their... uh, second full-length album featuring members of The Great Redneck Hope yep it's just great solid Colorado doom sludge if you're expecting more of the hope uh, you're not gonna get it you're not getting that there but you never know they might uh, they might get their shit together and uh, you know come back together at some point I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out completely and uh, Viljartha I'm not even sure if I'm saying that correctly because I've never learned how to properly say their name but I'm sure you all know who I'm talking about even if I butchered it and uh, they just released their first new single in about eight or nine years
1: Love it. Do you know the band I speak? Yes. Of? Yes. Uh, you <laughs> say the yes
0: um did i get it huh
1: i don't f- I, that's how God, i would you, say it man. i'm asking the wrong person i was like yeah really i can't believe you oh, kind of made me feel special mean, for you, a second.
0: you got the scoggin thing like you got that on me at least like i've been did, I, did I win did i win there you did his ah. name is fuck everyone got back to us and they were like you're an idiot christian oh
1: you never text me that oh out of all the things that answered back uh. like, yeah that's uh,
0: so right. why would i do that <laughs> touché i'll give you that <laughs> I, I would tried not- to give you more ammunition i would have not stopped <laughs> that's good <laughs> All right, so next we're going to talk about Kokoshka. Kukoshka are a four-piece mathcore prog band from Atlanta, Georgia. The band released their first single in 2013, a two-song cover EP in 2014, a third EP in 2015, and their debut full-length in 2016, uh, followed by another EP last year, and now they're back with their second full-length Women and Police Everywhere. <laughs> and wow, they have... Uh, they really dialed in, like, the chaotic elements and sort of dialed back the goofiness just the right amount on this record.
1: Less zany.
0: Yeah, truly. Um, it's kind of hard to describe this band's sound outside of calling it metal or prog, but they really lean in like heavily into the use of comedic devices such as satire, um, and they kind of end up jumping all over the place stylistically.
1: <clears throat> on their band camp, they did shout out uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. <laughs> uh, so... Uh... <laughs> and the credits... That That's a thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that really tickles me for some reason. That I Do you know what? Describe. It did to me too. Because when I looked at it, I was like,
1: ha, I hear you. I hear you.
0: <laughs> We've all been there. We've been <laughs> there. i tell you what. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, so anyway, they, they kind of jump all over the place. But um, I, you know, as I feel like maybe as a result, that's sort of been working against them. Because I find some of their music to be, frankly, unlistenable as a result. Due to the silliness? Yeah, but they, uh, I mean, because they really, they really do drive the comedy home, but just, so it's, some of it is so fucking wacky. Um,
1: I feel that is the double-edged sword of a steak sauce mustache. Truly, eyes.
0: truly, truly. But um, now I've come to really appreciate this band, and I want to be clear about that. It wasn't until their 2016 release that I could actually sit through more than one song. Um, but then, of course, they followed it up with that country boy band EP last year. The title track, of which I frankly hated... I mean it sounds like Muppets but um yeah. like it literally sounds like the Muppets singing but it, at least it, it saw like a step up in the technicality in the production and it included a, quite a bit of good singing like very well executed singing
1: um <clears throat> with you you all having such humor and and everything, I sure would like to read the lyrics I mean this is the first time I'm dropping it <laughs>
4: <laughs> Son of bitch. Uh, I
1: this is the first. This is the first time I'm saying it on this episode, but uh, I mean, why not? Um, honestly, though, uh, this is this is really good. I would like to say track six. Uh, <laughs> uh, I dug quite a bit. Uh, my favorite track was America's Cup. It's, it's shit is tough as fuck, man. It's it's just yeah, a lot of humor involved. Yeah,
0: know? I think fortunately that women in police everywhere really strikes that necessary balance I was needing to f- fully enjoy and appreciate this band's output. I mean the album is a collection of some pretty hilarious social and political commentary and aptly named song titles.
1: Are they a revisit to us? No, we've no. Uh, we
0: had Carson interview them like way back in the day.
1: That's why. Okay. But okay. we've never actually
0: covered Kokoshka on this podcast until just now. Kokoshka. I think it's actually how you're supposed to say it. Um Yeah, some of the song names are just fucking hilarious too. Like Abortion Man, <laughs> The Grateful Dead Race, and Ben Shapiro destroys God, sends racist nudes to disgusting liberal liberal children, leaves my wife satisfied. Brilliant. Which just fucking makes me laugh every time I read it. That is so silly. Destroys (laughs) God. Sends racist nudes to disgusting liberal children, leaves my wife satisfied. Sorry. Um, Anyway, that just makes me fucking lose it every time I read the song title. Um, So as you can see, this stuff is really thick with satire. Um, I I really liked Young Turks and Abortion Man track one and two were definitely highlights for me. But I think Undocumented Worker really shows, like, the whole range of their abilities, from, like, chaotic to more melodic. Um, I actually really enjoy the singing on this song. as hard it can be uh, in contrast to the the Cookie Monster Muppet-like growl (laughs) thing, (laughs) which is almost bordering a power violence approach in its pure absurdity, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't have much to say, but Cookie Monster is—you kind of got that there, man. Uh, the 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 singing I dug though—I really think you guys have uh, uh, a nice voice. Yeah,
0: for sure, great singing on this record. And yep. uh, another track that I liked was actually the Ben Shapiro track, uh, track six. I think you mentioned. I told it you, man. The, I see. I saw, Pee on me, Ben Shapiro. He says in that little clean section.
1: Well, yo, it's like it's like the you have the you have the humor in the fucking title. Why are you not putting the lyrics on there? I would love to know what the lyrics are. That's hilarious. Like
0: unless you don't want me to see him probably it's it, it's a little over the top i think um and it can definitely be misinterpreted as them being like pro pro ben shapiro or poor poor like uh, pro radical right but I, I don't think that that's the case i think this is clearly satire um i also liked the agenda track seven another highlight for yeah, me yeah really catchy verse chorus type sequence some sick like dual guitar harmonies um and then that philosophical, pseudo-philosophical rant on the Grateful Dead race where the guy just, like, is basically, like, having a drug-addled rant for, like, five and a half minutes. <laughs> it just it just sounds like your best friend who's, like, on LSD, and then they ask you for a cigarette. Um, I, I Shot Reagan has some interesting moments as well. There's, like, this tiny Tim tip throw through the tulips kind of, like, thing that's contrasted by heavy chugging, like it's about to precede some huge breakdown. Um... I thought The Border was a good song, too. It has this almost like lounge or even funk-type sequence, which they do quite a bit. I, there's a bunch of those parts that come in that are like really funky. Um, anyway, so if, if you like uh, Mr. Bungle, Freighter, and Dillinger as performed by the Muppets, uh, <laughs> I think you might like Kakoshka. So yep. we're going to listen to, uh, I think, Undocumented Worker is the one, personally. What
1: track is that, do you know? That's
0: four. Okay, okay, cool. I think it fully represents, uh, in a nice sort of concise package, what they're going for. And that's track four from "Women and Police Everywhere." <laughs> God out. damn it! Jesus. <laughs> which came out on October 29th. Here we go. Right, so that was Undocumented Worker by Kokoschka, and that's track four from their new album, Women in Police Everywhere, which came out back in October.
1: Talented musicians. It's
0: good shit. Very funny. So next we're going to talk about DAO. It's D-A-O. DAO are a mathcore band from Leeds UK. They're a new band starting late last year and coming right out of the gates with a fairly substantial nine-track EP. Pretty tight. I'm kind of light on the notes on this one. Uh, honestly, it's probably the album I spent the least amount of time with from this episode. But uh, what I did notice was that they sort of deposited some of their better material later in this release.
1: It's worth the full listen for sure. Uh, definitely kind of got this, like, southern rock kind of feel to it at times, right? Very. Um, <clears throat> once again, bummer. There's no lyrics, but whatever. It's all good. Um, <clears throat> I, honestly, dude, uh, I will... I will say this a band that I don't have uh, the most uh, notes for as well. The vocals did not grab me as much. Man, I sound like such a fucking little curmudgeon. Like this you're, episode, you're very dude, contrary in this episode. What the fuck
0: is going on? I am like... <laughs> I don't like that. I you don't, don't have like to th- like everything. We don't have to like everything that we cover. I mean, it's just... I'm even in a
1: good mood, everybody. It's not like I'm cranky today or something like that. It's just fucking like... I'm just realizing this. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, it, I, in my notes, this is what I have. And I'm, I uh, maybe I was in a mood that night, but I put... Middle of the road, math core. That's what I put for this. I think that's I think that there's some
0: potential here.
1: I wouldn't go I, but I don't mean it. I just it is it is math core and um that's what I got you know, from it.
0: I don't think that the opener is isn't that is that great. Um, it did not grab me. Um, but what I, I think the problem is maybe is that the better parts of their songs are like so far in the middle of their songs that you sort of have to like wait for I don't want to say the payoff because I keep saying that, but we
1: had this discussion last episode, and for the pro of the waiting for the payoff, we were talking about every time I die kind of
0: style and mm-hmm. everything like that. Right? Exactly. Um, you know, I just think that that again, the better the better songs are like a little deeper into this release. Like track five, Jacob is where the EP starts to pick up a bit. On Jacob, the band actually seems to be successfully developing their ideas that they set out to at the start with of the track.
1: Okay, now waiting and putting investing the time into the full three minutes and 50 seconds of a track for the good for the for this all is one thing but to, to 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 power through half the album and be like wait you just just wait about track six it really picks up you're going like, go fuck yourself like that kind of thing well
0: you know it's a new band it's their first EP, um so hopefully they'll come up with some uh stronger material on their new release as every band hopes to do as they they go forward is this the new us? Are we like the two like dudes up in the tower? Or, uh, you know, like- listen, I think it's okay for us to provide uh, critique. I, I feel like that's uh, part of our mission statement. I, I feel like previously we didn't make any or very many critiques at all, and we've started to do that as of the last like year or so. Um, We're like I, I the two like,
1: old Muppet dudes.
0: Well, I mean, if we have something interesting to say that could perhaps be useful to the band, then let's you know we should definitely be uh, we, should, we should say it. Kay. that's little purpose of, Maybe I feel of, guilty. This, of this platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't don't feel don't feel like you need to like pull punches. Like, uh, I, frankly, this is a band that our Patreon supporters voted on. Like, mm-hmm. people wanted to hear us talk about this band, so here we are. Um, and again, I, I, Jacob is the strong track. So if you're going to check out this band, just skip right to track five. I'll agree. Jacob's the track because um, again, it, it sees them actually really nicely developing some ideas um, that don't rely so heavily upon. The pull-off riffs that they typically favor throughout the rest of this release. It's where I get that southern rock. That's exactly where you get that southern rock feel from. Yes, they <coughs> use a, a ton of pull-off riffs, which, for anyone who's a fan of, like, Last Night in Town or Hot Damn era, Every Time I Die, uh, this, this, you're probably really going to like this, actually, because it sounds like that, and um, Botch, and Coalesce, and the vocals kind of reminded me a lot of Arms, too, on that note. This guy mm. reminded me of Paul Hundeby from Arms anything else you want to add negatory okay. but
1: I do agree on the track Jacob cool yep. so
0: we're going to go ahead and play you uh, Jacob then that's track five from worthless which is off um, rather Dow's new full length album or EP let's say that came out uh, September 26th here we go let's <laughs>
3: death I'm not and I, don't have that's not to make you cry, one girl, so low.
0: That was a good track, right? It was. I feel like maybe we we didn't give them enough credit for writing some pretty decent like, tunes.
1: I stopped myself. I feel like, damn, are we really being like this right now? Yeah,
0: like, let's not let's not discount them too heavily because there's some uh, again that that song really seems some uh, see some botch like song development. That's what really grabbed me. Mm-hmm. So that, again, that was uh, Jacob, which is track five from uh, Dow's new album, Worthless, which came out on September 26th. So next we're gonna talk about Rats, Or Chants des Rats, which is uh, C-H-A-N-T-S-D-E-R-A-T-S. They're a four-piece grind mathcore band from Austria. And uh Rat uh started last year and released their debut EP in October. They pay I would call it uh, I would call it Grindcore primarily. But it does take some pretty interesting and even mathy turns, so it's certainly appropriate to describe them as mathcore as well. I think
1: uh, recorded live, which we always do appreciate here,
0: that really gives it that raw feeling for sure. Yep. Um, on that note, it kind of invokes some sort of black metal aesthetics, even at certain some tendencies, even at the, uh, you know, certain times. Hmm. Um, but you do you're not hearing that. I think it. I take it rather.
1: Um, I don't want to say anything because you have been kind of a schooling me a little bit this episode so i will just kind of shut my mouth and just listen to the track and then come back <laughs> and and that's not to my shit.
0: intention but yeah I, I did spend quite a bit of time on my notes this episode are 3500 words my my script if you will Ah, mine or not well you write them down on paper and i like sit down and write a fucking novel as like my stream of conscious is coming to me you know yep um Anyway, so uh, this is an explosive little EP. Like the it first, is
1: a, it is a fucking awesome EP, man. Um, but once again, I think the fucking sound is a shit. And I, was, and I noted like just the sound. And I looked down on the credits and I was like, "Oh, I recorded live,
0: fucking tight. Get, love that chariot feel, man." See, that's so funny because you, you would think that the live production would be um, a deterrent for your enjoyment after your whole like rant the, ro- about uh, you, the lack of high high quality production uh, uh, on. But with all today's recording,
1: with today's recording and everything, it seems like you can almost <laughs> sound pretty good all the time. It's weird. So it's almost like you've got to right? make an extra effort to make yourself sound raw odd. anyways,
0: <laughs> but um, my back. Hurts. No, I, I do agree with you though. I enjoy the live sounding recordings. Like I, I really do think that that translates well with, with um, hardcore music that heavily relies on feedback. Yes. I think if your music is complimented by feedback, noise, guitar noise, rather than uh, that's a good approach doing a live recording, you get that rawness. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting kind of stuffed up right now. Um, it, it's funny that uh, you could fit track one and two into track three, and then you can fit track one, two, and three all in the track four in terms of length. Yeah! <laughs> they kind of just, like, it gets progressively longer. Um, but uh, the final track really shows them slowing it down and kind of embracing the power of the riff versus the power of the blast beat, which they sort of uh, repeat over and over again initially like they're just kind of trying to hypnotize you. Um yeah, the, the riff that is, not the blast beat um, but this song eventually really pays off though as it sees them broaching some of the more interesting material on the release including when I was talking about the more certifiably black metal and math core leaning tendencies um, although it's it's lacking conciseness on like the, the first three tracks which are very short Anything else you want to add, Levi? Negatory. Yeah, just a quick little four track uh, banger for you here So we're going to listen to uh, La Vermine is uh, track one from One, their new EP, which came out on October 4th. Here we go. So that was La Vermine, which is track one from Dow's or excuse me, chanterette's new EP, One, which came out on October 4th. So last, we're going to revisit Geisterfar. Woo! Geisterfar, which means ghost driver, uh, which is also the act of driving the wrong way on the freeway, are a, uh, a deathcore, mathcore band from Boston. They have picked up the Deathcore on this fucking one. Fuck yeah, they have. I really, I really like that about them actually. I love the combination of the two. That's why I love dysphoria so much uh, as, as for us, why I always compare to this band. I am standing right now
1: on my little fucking pedestal, my little hill right now. This is my favorite band of this episode. This is fucking a ripper, dude. I it wish. is. It's, it's that good. I know. Yeah, I agree. Like in this style, it's like they, they give us like, you know, five tracks and it's, or four or five tracks, you know, and, it's like that short and sweet kind of thing but god damn it i would take another four or five tracks of this too just to fucking keep just ripping into me dude it fucking
0: it's good i want another full length i know they already gave us one in in 2017 their their date or 2018 rather their debut lp just this which we covered on this podcast back then, dude. I so all right, wait, I need to get so to now that. they're back with their new EP. Just to get to that very quickly, they yeah they you, released. You, a, yeah, you, you say things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they released their debut LP in 2018, as I was just saying, which we covered on this podcast. Um, and now they're back with their second EP, "Vivisection Parade." And um, you want to go ahead and chime in there, Levi?
4: Man,
1: uh, other than the short and sweet thing, uh, the vocalist has really embraced the lows that he can do i love your lows so much there are there's a uh, I, I love the range that this vocalist has this like death scathy scream these low and then these ultra lows um it, it's awesome it's fucking i'm all about this thing man I'm, yeah, yeah. this is
0: a really solid ep it's like one of my favorite eps of the year uh, we actually premiered this ep on our website so you can go read my full write-up there i'll try to link that for you in the description and, um,
1: it's a bit my spacey as far as like the death, cry, right? Were you,
0: you going to say it? I was literally, it was on the tip of my tongue. I think
1: I saw it right about there. I was like, the, I by the mustache I you, saw it there. You, yeah.
0: you probably noticed that uh, we toss the term MySpace around a lot, uh, usually in an adjectival sense to describe the sound of a band who uh, really scratched that itch for the days of white belts, profile songs, and the skinniest jeans one could find. To that was my, that's my, my quote verbatim about this band.
1: To 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 put on an an album for the first time, okay, and for it's it's track two for me because the first track is kind of like a, there's not much going on there. It's like a, like an intro track, but track two, it pops on. And for the a, a MySpace profile page to pop up in my head is the weirdest fucking thing. But that is where my brain goes. So that shows you how when we say like MySpace era, I mean, we are trying to, it's, I don't know where Christian and I go with this and why we chose this, but it's, it's a sound
0: like, of like the deathcore hybrid mathcore kind of sounds that we, we used to hear from these bands back in the day. They were sort of hard to pin down like destroyer, destroyer and you know, Robinson and fucking,
1: I, I want I wanna,
0: to, Grand. I want to, I want to compliment
1: another thing on this band because Hayworth. I, I want to compliment another thing on this band because I don't want it to stop. Um, vocalist, like i was saying embracing those ultra lows but uh the pop and the snare it's just that right fucking pop man uh they have really embraced more grind uh just it's it, i don't know man it's it's turned up it's it's awesome and yet they've shortened everything kind of too like they just refined everything just as a
0: brutality i agree they've uh i would call it distilled even Ooh, mm-hmm. i like that yeah um it's, it's really fucking good. They use those uh, minor third interval riffs, savage breakdowns, just the right amount of sass, not unlike bands like Heavy, Heavy, Lolo, See You Next Tuesday, From a Second Story Window. This, I mean, this is like a great continuation of that era, but still manages to remain really fresh. Like, they're they're, they're giving it their own spin and sort of reinventing it even a little bit. Uh, so it doesn't feel like they're rehashing anything uselessly at all. Like, I don't want that to be the impression that we're trying to give you. Um... Because this really does see some of their best material yet, especially in Dead Bridge Chant. That's my fucking track! With its dissonance and metallic passages, um, Queen Mab Rehab, where the band just so intelligently saves that first massive whammy-injected breakdown of this release. Android Fitness, which is the second-to-last track, just off-kilter, artificial harmonic-laced grooves that kind of recalls Car Bomb momentarily. Um, and social media werewolf which is the last track which is just barely over a minute um, but again still providing some of their best and most memorable material on this very short but sweet ep
1: they do the great redneck hope thing of um um doing a build up to a breakdown and not not delivering or they'll do a small portion of a breakdown and just cut you off and end the track it just kind of like it's it is a they they leave you hanging in a good way um i do i do appreciate that um you're doing this shit, man. It's,
5: it's fucking really awesome.
0: good. Yep. So let's go ahead and give them a dead bridge chant. Boom! Which is track two from Vivisection Parade, and that came out on October 31st. Here we go. Please prepare the patient for vivisection. <laughs> so that was dead bridge chant by geisterfar and that's off their new ep vivisection parade which just came out back in october so next we're going to play you our interview with carbom
1: oh what
0: yeah we recently had our correspondent sedu go out and interview them at their album premiere show for mortial at the kingsland in brooklyn new york here we go
2: I,
6: uh, I don't think dying while you're playing is the best way to go out. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think, think about dead. this a lot. I do yeah, think about yeah. it that a lot and how I'd like to go. And, uh, yeah, not playing. It would be really good for the band, though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like if yeah.
6: someone... Yeah. But what ruin ruining the surprise tonight, man. You gotta... <laughs> do you know, I, uh, I played in a band in college, and uh-huh. then I wanted to get out of the band. Right. But I, I wanted to do it gracefully and yeah. bring somebody else in. Like, I did it all right. But uh, they had, like, a small record deal at the time and then uh, somehow um, we sent this press release that said that I left the band mm-hmm. because I died right? Uh, and I had an allergic reaction to spinach. Mm-hmm. Right? That was the story. Somehow it made it to MTV News Amazing. and Kurt Loder is fucking telling the story with my fucking dumb face on MTV News saying that I died of a spinach. Oh, wow. I had an allergic reaction. Is there a picture of you in the obituary? It's pretty
2: good. Amazing. Yeah. Well, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy probably because you know. I mean, at some point. I do like spinach though. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's that's that's yeah. I want to labels. die. You know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen for sure. Specifically, spinach. You know? I'll probably just choke on it. But it won't be an allergic reaction. Yeah. Cool. Um. <laughs> sure. Let's jump into this. <laughs> yeah. This, one, this is. <laughs> yeah. I think this is running. Yeah, it's been running. Um. Hey, everyone. This is to do with carbon. To yeah. yeah. And you guys please both say your names, what instrument you play, and what your favorite band that someone else in the band introduced to you is. Oh, that's easy. My name's Greg, I play guitar and Meshuggah. Elliot is the first person
5: introduced me to Meshuggah by a cassette. Cassette.
2: Yeah. Elliot. Are there cassettes on sale today at the release show?
6: You know the answer, could you we only brought uh, one dead format of music today. Right. Yeah. Which is live music. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Two dead forms. Uh,
6: one dead form of pre-recorded music, one dead form of... Right. Uh, Johnny, I play bass. Uh, it's pretty tough to figure out. I mean... Damn. Who turned you on Apex? Well, Oh, man.
2: easy question.
6: <laughs> I don't think it was you though. I think, like, yeah, sorry. I think I knew that before you. You did turn me on First, to... First of all, it's him. Not <laughs> them. Sorry. That. You did turn me on to um, Shora. Ah, which yeah. Which was a pretty cool band. Ah, yeah. I mean, they only, they didn't really do that much. But I, I feel like, uh, oh, you know what you turned me on to? Hmm. Uh, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. Oh, really? you You me sleep is wrong. And uh, that kind of Oh shit! I thought of that was a
5: band that you turned me on to because oh, you. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I think that's how. Definitely sure for sure because that's from Liam. Yeah. Yeah.
6: I feel like Greg and I, especially, have had like sort of this long-standing uh, introducing bands to each other. Totally different. You know, we listen to very, very different kind of music. Right. But we overlap in some areas, so it's nice that uh, I mean I've kind of a shit ton of music. Autotune for sure. I mean I never heard all Type mm-hmm. before, Greg.
2: So uh, that's kind of nice, also. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I feel like. You know, writing to practice sometimes, if you you're someone just puts on a song or like whatever, the other person just starts to listen to it and then that's where it takes off from there? Or you guys just kind of email each other back and forth? I think in the early days it was more emailing back and forth,
6: because yeah. um, you could, right?
5: Yeah. We also lived together for a while too, we had a house where we used to jam. Uh, we were always just playing different things for each other. Like We knew every, all, each other's catalog in a year. It so was just like, have you read of this? Have you read of that? Yeah. And
4: it's, it's
2: not cool. So, <laughs> we're at the Mordial release show. How has the response to the album been so far? Really good.
6: Yeah. Yeah, really good. I was worried that everyone uh, was going to compare it to Meta, which is fair, mm-hmm. obviously. That was kind of our breakout record, if you want to call it our breakout record. Sure. Uh, so I was a little worried that there were going to be a lot of comparisons. And actually, there have been, but they've all been kind of positive. People saying, we didn't just make the same record again, and that uh, this
2: one is a, uh, an evolution, another evolution, and, uh, and the maturity in some ways. Sure. I mean, yeah, I think that, like, even visually speaking, there's a lot of comparisons between the two album covers. I know, Greg, you designed the album covers. Is Was that, like, a intentional thing?
5: Yeah, we have, like, our, I guess our colors, I guess, now, or yeah. our style, so it was sort of a variation on it. I guess it was trying to break meta, because, like, it looks like meta... meta's, like, two-dimensional, but this is, like, a three-dimensional type of Got thing. On. So you can kind of read into that, I guess, a little bit. It wasn't done intentionally, but the more I looked at it, it's like, oh, it's like a... it's like a next step in like our you know what we're trying to do
2: right is that could that also be connected to like the dissect yourself music video being this kind of weird 3d figure that goes crazy or is sure. that really too yeah. much into it well for the
5: well when we were uh i guess doing the vision boards for the video with mm-hmm. ben levin from ben Nee, right you know it was awesome uh it was sort of into that but we wanted it to be not too gruesome because i think the like lyrically mike went a little gruesome with that song Mm -hmm. intentionally that was his intention to do it so we didn't want to do that too much with the video but yeah that was like sort of the part of it It was like having you know the extraction of like you know cells and all that stuff
2: cool yeah um you know I i noticed of course the lyrics on mordial i know neither of you guys write the lyrics but the lyrics seem to be a bit more personal almost like there's moments where mike speaks about success and failure of this band, and you know, of course, it's been a long time coming of your success. Um, I was just wondering, does this feel like a more personal album to you guys, or does it feel just another step?
5: I can't speak for him, but I don't think any of the lyrics do anything with the band at all. I think Fair it's enough. more of just how he feels about certain things, or the way he describes it to me is like he tries to paint like an impression with his lyrics. He never really talks about anything specific. It's more about like a general mood or a general feel of things. Got it.
2: So uh, yeah, I would say that as far as the words go. Cool, did, did he come up with the album title itself or?
5: No, actually, that was, I did actually. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. it comes from Primordial, which right. has a whole other thing. But uh, yeah, we just liked the way it sounded. And it was short. we tried to do something short that wasn't really too dis- too specific about anything, so. We did cool. like a Google share doc and had like
2: you know, yeah, 50
5: right. or 75 different names we were just going
6: back and forth.
2: Cool, yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, this phrase so probably- prim- we have
6: another 50 or 75 albums.
2: There you go. That you have to write. So I was, um, you know, I, I, this, the phrase mordial, of course, as you said, it's related really, to primordial. Um, and it seemed that on this album, maybe more so than on the other albums, that there's an overt reference to some of your influences. I know you've always done a great job of combining stuff and using that as a stepping stone, but was that also a conscious thing? Good question.
6: I mean, Grace always wanted to have the My Bloody Valentine thing. I mean, it's like right, yeah. That's that's. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Been a uh, yeah. And
5: failure solos, especially like their sure. their solos are the best because they're all the wrong notes, but they make like this melody. So that's especially there's a wrong note. True, that's true. And it's a half step away from a right one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh their solos in like uh Magnified and uh Fantastic Planet have like this weird sense of something
2: and any patterns the soul in that song in yeah sense, right, we'll right, right.
5: That. but uh, I think we're just talking about our influences way more and I guess mm. more people are asking what our influences are so they're coming out and people know sure. like you know I don't think people would know that we're you know we're on into my buddy Valentine if yeah. they didn't hear me talk about
2: it totally yeah. yeah I mean I, like of course we've been talking about aix in like that one like very drugs song oh, yeah, with yeah. the prepared piano stuff like when I heard that I was like all right there, there's Greg showing his like full to twin. This he's not shy.
5: Yeah, no, we're not. There's like you know we actually have this um, patch, uh, this this patch where mm-hmm. it drops our tuning to Meshuga guitars. Oh yeah, so we can play like straight up Meshuga riffs when we want to, and it's like yeah, that's obviously a homage to them, you know.
2: Totally. Um, how is this the process for this album different than some of the other albums?
5: It's very similar to Meta, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: because
6: that kind of worked for us. Um, you know, with Elliot doing drums over at uh, Silver Court. Yeah. And then, um, although we did have a big TV this time those records. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and then Greg and I tracking at our respective houses.
2: So there was little live tracking or anything? It was mainly hmm. each part separately?
5: There was for the drums. So the, the drums mostly were tracked between... Like, Elliot would listen to the demos of it, and then we would play to it together to get oh, okay. yeah, drum tracks. And then... Right. All of the guitars and the bass are done. You know, we do that at home because it's just more convenient. And we're still writing the harmonic and the note parts as we're going, sure. and adding effects and stuff. So. Even as Mike adds his vocals to it, we're changing things. So we like to do that type of stuff at home and take our time with it.
2: Got it. So the the sound creation part doesn't happen, or it kind of happening concurrently with the. Yeah, it could
5: be either or sometimes yeah. it's it like dissect yourself was pretty much done. It was like you know straight up song that we wrote real quick and it came out. Other songs like like Vague Skies was like the song we started first and the song we finished last.
2: I could see that because yeah. it
5: just took. We were just trying so many different things, especially with vocally. Yeah. So it to, uh, maybe it's not going to make the record
2: we thought it wasn't going to make
5: the record yeah, yeah. like uh, Fade Out and Big Skies were the two that were, had like the sure. most <laughs> the most uh, I don't know the, the ones that I thought were the, had the most promise in them because they're so different from what we normally do Yeah. but, um, but yeah those, those just took a really long time and again cool. just like working at it at home and taking your time with it you know. But there was one big difference, which was Joe Duplantier was not right, part of it. Right,
2: I was going to ask about that. So
5: he was, yeah, him and Johan Meyer, his sound guy and engineer uh, for the, re- uh, the new record they're doing, uh, they were a huge help with uh, the technical part of it, like, you know, just mm-hmm. how to work a little faster, how to, you know, try different things with guitars or, you know, vocal orchestration. And there's a lot of keyboards and percussion sounds that are sure. buried deep in the record. Sure. And that's all influenced from them. But the one thing that was sort of like a, like a, I guess a, a challenge was Joe wasn't there to like say if it was good or not. Yeah, so right. So we were kind of going because
2: he stuff. he so, had like, more of a producer role and meta. I mean, it, it's for vocals, absolutely. For vocals, okay. Yeah, yeah. Musically,
5: we kind of know like what we yeah, want right. to do, but for vocals, it's it's hard because it's I don't know. It's just it, it's it's I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I think the way Mike likes to work is like he likes to experiment with a lot of different things and mm-hmm. try different ideas and to have Joe sort of steer. Ha- steer it a little bit or right. just give his input was really fun for him to have that
2: but he didn't have that this time so cool I mean I think that he does a great job of showing off like his his range and just absolutely, doing everything absolutely in, so. yeah yeah he did a great job how was uh, working with Nolly on this album? Painless yeah. super
5: painless yeah he's an awesome dude we actually uh, to a dinner with him. We did, we went to this Michelin star restaurant in, uh,
6: in the <laughs> yeah. UK with him and had this three and a half hour dinner with wine pairing and uh, it was him and his wife and me and Greg and Elliot and uh, right before uh, Arteja, is that what it was? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. We were kind of celebrating the end of the record and uh, he, he's just a lovely, lovely guy and what a super talent man.
2: Yeah. Jesus
5: Christ. Yeah, he, so we did a, a shootout with two other engineers and he, we were just like, wow, we didn't realize that it could sound that big and in your face. So right. Immediately. And he was really easy to work with, like, took feedback, really, you know, without any issues and had some ideas for arrangements and stuff. So.
2: Cool. So it was cool. Yeah. And then also, you know, uh, Courtney Swain from Ben E also is on XOXOY. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was that something that you you know, you know wanted that shoegaze vocals and you thought immediately absolutely. of her? Absolutely,
5: yep, absolutely. Cool. You know, we've, we've all been fans of Benton E for, you know, I guess three years now or yeah, like so ever she, since we did that show with them with Dojo. Dojo. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, she's a fan of the, when we found out she's a fan of the band, that was like a mental note. Yeah, right. And that was cool. So we went to uh, Rhode Island probably a Providence to mm-hmm. uh, Big Night nice Studios. Right, she right, right, She did also did piano for Mordial, so...
2: Oh, interesting. That little yeah. black
5: MIDI intro yeah. is heard scraping the piano with, like, guitar picks and screws and all cool. this weird stuff. So awesome. And that... There's, like, a failure-type solo that's done over, like, this weird chord progression. It's, like, very um, uh, linear, right? For a guitar, it's really easy to do, but for piano, it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, right. She was, like... Cranking out like improv things over these weird chord changes like it was nothing. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Those guys
2: are nuts. They're fucking nuts super musicians. Bay, yeah, their
5: new record was excellent. Yeah, band.
2: yeah. It's so
5: different from Land
6: Animal, but it's like also like just like an evolution man. Yeah, love that band.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. They listen to
5: Daughters a bunch, and
2: they were like, "We got it. We got it." Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right.
5: it's dark. It's
2: kind of dumb. yeah. It's really dark. Yeah, it's cool. Cool. Um, so switching pace is just more generally like, what would you say some of your biggest Uh, rhythmic influences are for each of you guys.
6: I love, like, the... I mean, it's a little later on and I was always kind of... obviously in the Meshuggah thing, but, like, the Loincloth stuff, Mm. like, that stuff, I've been listening to a ton lately, again, uh, revisiting that. Like, The Confessor, you know, it kind of started from that, but the Loincloth stuff is so fucking cool and sort of out there, and, like, it's it's very sort of uh, resemblance of Car Bomb in a lot of ways in that it's, like, these crazy I'm not gonna say nonsensical because they definitely make sense, but they're you know, shifting and changing uh, pretty frequently. Certainly more like our earlier stuff, I would say. Yeah.
5: You? I'm yeah, sure
6: <laughs> same old
5: uh, I right. am trying to think of new ones. Uh, yeah. Like we saw Kaven a, a week ago. I didn't realize how yeah. much like we kind of like fit them a little bit too as far as like the, sure. the shift shifter stuff. But the way that they introduce like when I think of the more melodic stuff and like their sense of odd time makes a lot of sense to me it's just like Mm -hmm. really still kind of mid-tempo driven type stuff with a little skip here and there to add like a little bit of shift to it but not too much
2: yeah you don't uh, have to think about it too much when it's happening Yeah, we
5: really don't think about it too much like all of our rhythmic patterns are real simple like it's all you know,
2: well, you might of, you might think
5: that <laughs> we think of like things as like we break it down to like ones, threes, fives, and sevens. Like we don't think like of things in like thirty-five over or whatever. Sure, like we, just, we always think of like the lowest common denominator, and uh, that's how I don't know. Like Meshuga does that too in a way. Like they take like little bits and just repeat it, especially mm-hmm. in like chaos here. Like, chaos here didn't do that a lot, I mean, so. Yeah, we try to pay homage to that with like
2: our stuff. And that's when you're learning your own music, is that how you also approach it? Like, you you write a riff and then you think, okay, this is a three, then a five, then a seven, or... It's
5: always different. Yeah. And sometimes it's a riff that just comes out. Like, you're just messing around, or Elliot will mess with a drum fill, or you'll have an idea. and Or it's, okay like you, you wake up in the morning and you think I'm like oh I've never done something that's this pattern yeah and you write down the pattern and then you try to play a riff to it and sure then, yeah you know it, it whatever works like we're not like ashamed to like you know bar, like start with someone else's song and just like tweak it and then see where that goes or totally. start from scratch or get in a room or write it home or
2: whatever yeah. do you ever start with vocals or is that yeah. usually the last thing no, usually the last thing yeah <laughs>
6: every band I've ever been in is the last thing yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know how vocal driven bands do
2: it yeah, I have no you idea. It to
6: <laughs> it sounds insane.
2: Yeah. Um, how long did it take you guys to write this album? We
5: started right after the Periphery Animals tour, right? So writing? No, that was after the Godira tour. Oh shit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. that was when. So well, we started thought... writing before that, so that was like three years ago. Yeah, that right was... after Meta, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That worked. tour was like February, March, twenty seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. I think. Yeah, but that was when we toured with them for a month. Yeah. that was oh wow we gotta like step up our game we gotta chop right things. Right. like they have old songs that they chop things and it was like oh you can like and you start to see why they do it because yeah. you know they ha- they're like a fine-tuned machine now yeah and um they leave like no extra little thing to chance and i was like i don't realize you can get that deep with like shaving parts so a lot of writing mortal was that it was you know, there, there's like an extra 5% of the record that got cut just because we were like, let's trim that. We don't need to play that riff again. We can trim it and go straight cool. here or... Yeah, you know, just to kind of make things a little more efficient.
2: Yeah, and I think that you can just deliver your message just... Yeah, as you said, more efficiently yeah. that way. Sure. Um, are you guys both using Axe Effects at this point, or is it...?
6: Yeah, I'm not anymore. I was, okay. but I, uh, I went back. I want to turn knobs. Yeah, yeah. Turn <laughs> yeah. Greg's way better and uh, way more patient. Mm-hmm. and uh, way more creative to dive into those submenus of the effects. I mean, he's really got that shit down, and I just was like, ah, if I just want to add a little more bass to my tone, like, i got to fucking do what now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How
2: do you stop yourself from just disappearing down that rabbit hole of menu diving and things? I'm still I'm thinking about that right now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
5: uh, now i really, I don't know. I've been using it for so long, so yeah. I know what I want to do with it at this point. Right. And, like... I, it is like an abyss, but I kinda of hit the bottom of what it can do and like well, I want it to do more and it yeah. won't. So like hopefully like I'll get like to talk to them and be like, Can you yeah. add like another twenty pitch shifters to <laughs> Look at him, he's like yeah. that. Make an old diabolical.
2: someone on uh, the Math Core Index Facebook group specifically wanted to know how did you make the laser sounds?
5: <laughs> oh, we have this laser we have a microphone and a laser gun and we just point it to it and it goes
2: Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess you kind of answered this, but do you devote specific time to discovering weird noises or do you write a song and then you say, here's an idea that could like work with that?
5: Usually the, it's two separate processes. So experimenting mm-hmm. is sort of like, I guess, you know, just messing around with knobs and even riffs. And then the orchestration of things comes later yeah. and sometimes you're like like I have like a, I guess a backlog of riffs and things or sounds or whatever. And yeah. like, oh wait, I can take this thing from that and put it here to make the song do this. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. Cool. Um, I know you recently got more into like modular synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Is that, and that appeared on, of course, Mordial. Is that something that's going to show its face more on? Uh, Maybe in a
5: supportive role. I don't yeah. think it's going to be like a feature, but, uh, cause it, that stuff is
2: crazy and it's,
5: I haven't learned to control it, because it's so random. Like, it's yeah. too random. yeah. Like, yeah. even just like with sounds, like anything I've listened to that I created with that, I'm just like, it's not anything. Yeah. It's just, you know, sounds smashing into each other. So, if people want to listen to like an hour's worth of randomness, then man, that could be the next. Round. <laughs> well, our, uh, our buddy of ours, uh, sir, is well uh, uh, using Max MSP. He's gonna make like another sentient
2: being. Oh, that's sick. Of Holy shit. What are some styles and genres that you have yet to bring to Carbon that you kind of want to go towards? That we kind of want to? Yeah. I was going to say country,
6: but I don't want to bring country. Yeah. We have done country. Dude, you have the back. perfect voice for a country song. It's true. And I have a very sad, sad life. <laughs> so I could <can> bring that <laughs> also. <laughs> I love how Sarah just looked at me like, what are you fucking talking about? I don't have a sad life. Uh, hmm
2: i mean would you ever like go like the full AFX tune thing and like do some drum and bass breaks and stuff or
5: that's a question for elliot actually yeah because elliot enough. always has this mantra of not wanting to play normal beats yeah that's pretty much what that's all him like we're like you know we're into doing four four here and there every once in a while i mean mm-hmm. you can see it creep in more and more with yeah. this record it's like dude just hit the hi-hat and the drum you can see he's fucking struggling with it it." it. but to do Apex Twin stuff like like drum and bass that is sort of like in the pocket and it doesn't really change too much so I don't know I don't know I think I don't know I think we kind of know what feels comfortable to us Mm -hmm. and I think once we play these songs out more we'll get a sense of like how it feels personally and how it feels to other people and then sort of develop the sound out
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, This is kind of a random question, but how has the stability of having a job helped or hindered your creativity?
5: It helps because you can pay for gear. Yeah. It's great. It thinks when you're when you have an idea and you're trying to flush it out, but then you're like, oh crap, I gotta work. You know, like right. then you have to like sort of switch gears and as you're working, you're still thinking about that idea in the back of your head. And mm-hmm. You know, you're not being as productive because of that. But uh, I don't know, I mean, we're we're pretty lucky though. I mean, we we pretty much know what we can do as far as like, you know, time dedicated per year and you know, how it affects our jobs and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it definitely, I guess having like a steady job definitely helps. So.
6: for sure. I mean, you also just pointed out that the length of time between our records is getting shorter. So uh, somehow we've managed to uh, put, a, I guess, a little bit more emphasis on this uh, without having to sacrifice the work mm-hmm. outside of this. So um,
5: it's, it's, you said the other day, it's like the eternal question of the balance.
2: Yeah, so right. Have, you know, yeah
5: the pendulum's going the other way now. Like right. he was trying to get in touch with me for like a couple of days. And I was, I was just trying to learn this new program. So I, I didn't get back to him <laughs> so deep into work. So, so yeah. he'll do that. It happens. Yeah, and yeah. I usually don't have a problem with like two days, three days,
6: Greg will drop out. No problem. There's just like six days. <laughs> Finally, I'm like, are you, are you alive?
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got Why? a show next to <laughs> me. Like on the ground with
5: the keyboard. I'm like,
2: yes. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Um, do you guys have any plans for a headlining tour next year? Or? We're doing uh, we're doing March in Europe. Cool. Uh, like three weeks, yeah. or
6: give
5: or take. Yeah. We've been trying to do something in the states too, but we're talking to some people and they're saying, yeah, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. So mm-hmm. we're not sure about the states. We would love to. So I would say definitely within like the next year or two, we should do something stateswide.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: don't know about headlining, but uh, maybe. Maybe, I guess you guys have this Born of Osiris tour coming up in December as well. We do so that'll be yeah, sick. Yeah,
5: Lee's a good guy. Yeah, Lee's well, awesome, man. We met him on the Animals as Leaders and mm-hmm. tour in Europe, and he was just so awesome. So we're like, yeah. Like, as soon as he like made the call, we're like, absolutely, like, let's do it.
2: Sick. Yeah,
5: and Oceania is Fucking is heavy. No, that's so fucking heavy good. shit. Holy cow! I've listened
6: so, to their all their stuff. They got a
2: ton of material, man. Yeah, a yeah.
6: lot. I couldn't believe how much stuff they have.
5: Yeah, it's fucking crushing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting <laughs> Yeah, to see
2: how that Yeah, that will be great for you guys. Like, yeah. Opening good that good to be out. It would be good to
5: be out. Very
2: cool. Have you played in Canada yet? A or? bunch of times. Yeah. Not yeah. enough though. Yeah. Not a bunch
6: of times, yeah. Very cool. It's always fun out there. I
5: feel like the crowd out there
2: is like one of my favorites actually yeah. in the world. Montreal, mm. Toronto, yeah. Montreal and Toronto and Calgary and all those places. Yeah. That's great. Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you going all the way out there? No. 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 <laughs> Mostly Ontario, I think. Cool. Uh, Alright, last question. Uh, the Mathcore meme group wanted to know how does it feel that you guys are a meme in that group?
5: Fucking awesome. I think it's awesome. <laughs> the one with
2: the. Um, oh, what the hell
5: show? <laughs> not the family guy, but the one in space. Uh,
2: what the hell is that show? Yeah. Futurama. Oh, yeah. And
5: my head is like on the guy that goes pew pew pew, and I'm like. I didn't make that meme. <laughs> You inspired it with your puppets. Wow. And then it, oh, was it the other one was the the Pew Patrol with the Paw Patrol. <laughs> <grip>? It's just <laughs> fucking hilarious, dude.
6: <laughs> I think it's great. Let
2: them have fun. Yeah, they have a lot <laughs> love for you guys. Dude,
6: we fucking we're so blown away and so fucking grateful. It's fucking crazy. We've been doing this forever. I feel like we're forever. It's fucking awesome that people are like on board cool. making memes about us.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's. That's now you know you're at the height of the <laughs> You <Yeah, event. we laughs> did, it. did it? Right. <laughs>
4: it
2: man. Cool. Do you guys have like any last words for anyone listening?
5: Thank you. All. Yeah, that's it. Man. Thanks Pre- for thanks for uh, coming out to the
2: show. Appreciate you. We'll- yeah, I'm excited to hear you guys. All right, thanks so much. Cool. Thank you.
0: Alright, so that was our correspondent Sidhu Anandalingam interviewing Carbon at their album premiere show for Mordial back in October. Alright, so before we wrap this up, I want to remind everybody, please leave us five stars. Leave us a review. If you have any questions or comments, email us at at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. Please subscribe on uh, YouTube. We've got tons of video content scheduled there right now, including some... And more to come. Uh, yeah, just a, a bunch that we're, we're going to be putting out in the next year or so. Uh, we're talking just show after show after show um, of varying quality. I they're not all the same quality as our, our fest footage and that they're probably not going to all, or very few of them, will have even mixed audio from like the board or whatever, but uh, you can look forward to some rare OG gyms, like some Dillinger stuff we've got lined up, uh, number 12. Uh, I don't want to get too carried away talking about that, but go check us out on YouTube. We're also very active on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and you can also find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify, for those of you who are listening on one of those three but don't know about one the other two. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 39th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian.
1: And I'm your co-host, Levi.
0: And we'll be back again next month with some more Sick Underground Bands. Good night and stay beautiful.